Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Has there ever been a situation where you scored a big role, but then you stopped and you looked and you said, you know what, like, I'm just not the right fit for this role or this project, and have you and ever had that kind of away. thought? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Ladies Night. I wanted to like really tee this one up, but I just can't because I'm sitting next to Linda Hamilton right now for Terminator Dark Fate. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. I am beyond thrilled about this right now. And this is all over. I am going to kill you. I understand. I'll be back. That's what we do on Ladies Night. We, we talk a little bit of everything from okay. back to the beginning to Terminator, Dark Fate, and maybe some other really random things in the mix. So okay. I kind of wanted to go way back to the very beginning for you, and I'm just curious, is there a movie, a TV show, a performance? Is there one specific thing like that that made you say, like, I got to be an actor? Oh, boy. It's getting <laughs> deep already. <laughs> What was the movie with Jane Fonda and Vanessa... Julia. Julia. I loved, I loved Julia. Some part of me just was like, I want to do that. A good call right there. Yes. I was also doing my research, and I was reading that early on you had a professor that told you you would never make a living as an actor. And 
I just feel like overcoming something like that is very important, and maybe other people out there could benefit from hearing, you know, what you did. How how did you take that when you first heard it, and then what did you do to get past it? Well, I think he probably called me out because I was a little snot in college, and I actually didn't have a lot to do with the college theater department because I could see how everyone is just fawning over the professor to get the parts and. You know, that is just so not me. So I went and did community theater while I was in college. So I sort of just was not part of the college, you know, okay. institution. And maybe that was why he was just like, mm-mm. I can understand that. Yeah. But so, of course, I didn't believe him because I was a little snot. <laughs> but you didn't believe him because look where you are now. <laughs> there is a big difference between saying, I want to be an actor, and then really believing like it could be the real deal. Mm-hmm. So was there one specific project that kind of switched that thought process for you that made you say, like, like I'm here and I got this? Um, I have always made the distinction, and for me it was just completely organic. Like I never said I wanted to be an actress. I said I am an actress. And maybe that's the difference. But for me it was just... Um, authentic to say that so you don't have to be working to be an actress or you don't have to be validated by some social structure or construct to say or to be an actress so that might be the difference between me and the next person I feel like that's so applicable in any field mm-hmm. no matter what your dream is mm-hmm. if you just phrase it like that and you mm-hmm. say it enough and you believe it that's I am an that's actress. kind of the key actually jumping off that mentality what is it? Because the audition process is always something that's fascinated me. I just can't imagine going in and either getting a part or not getting a part. So, what did you do, you know, early on in your career when you didn't get something? Did it ever get you down, or were you able to move on and go to something else? There were, I'm sure, a few times that it was disappointing, but one has to move on. And really, the auditioning process is a totally different skill set from acting. So I've known great actresses that just couldn't do auditions and will never couldn't make it because it's a different skill set. But um, I was always rather healthy and knew that if they didn't want me, I probably didn't want them. Do you know that it has to, um, you know, it takes both ends to really sort of meet, meet yeah. somewhere. So um, it's just like, okay, next. So... For anybody out there that wants to know what the specific skill sets are, like let's say somebody is a super talented actor that deserves a part, but they just can't get the audition process right, do you have any kind of advice or you know a tip or a trick to apply to that? Well, after enough years, I think um, my approach was simply you can't let them take Linda Hamilton out, out of Linda Hamilton. Like, when we go in an audition, we are not ourselves particularly. We are ourselves when we walk into that room, though. And so I just plant. I'm an air sign, so it took me a long time to just, like, plant myself and go, the terror or the silence or the awkwardness that is in this room, because you don't know what they want and no one's telling you, they are not going to take Linda Hamilton out of me. And so that was just something that would... um, just bolster me in those moments of like, what's going on here? You know, it's like Linda Hamilton <clears throat> is in the room. Yeah. You know, and then I do the best work that I can given the information that I have, but I can't let them take Linda Hamilton out of Linda Hamilton. So it sounds, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption that you really care about kind of gelling with the person that you're working with, the role that you've been given. 
Has there ever been a situation where you scored a big role, but then you stopped and you looked at it and you said, you know what, like, I'm just not the right fit for this role or this project. And have you and ever had that kind of thought? Away. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know any actress that has ever stepped away. You know, I'm not the best person for this part. Um, but yes, I've gone in many times and just um, maybe won something. Or, you know, you get into your mid-career and sometimes things are offered to you, which is just amazing. And then you learn over time that the things that are offered to you are generally things that you don't want to do. And that's why, you know, you're going to bolster the project as opposed to it's going to bolster your career. So you're like... And you start reading offers with a little trepidation or putting off reading them because you're hoping it's good. But um, I have walked into work situations where it was clear once I met the director and the actors that I was working with that nobody really cares that I'm there or really wanted me there. Like I might be a studio choice or a network choice. But I'm not the director's choice, particularly. You know, I mean, I've been stymied a couple of times and, mm-hmm. you know, walked in and met the team, and they're all like, hey. And I'm like, uh oh, what's going on here? Because I'm winning, I'm charming. But, you know, it just sort of like, you know, occasionally it's not a great fit in the director's mind, but he's clearly been bullied into hiring me, and that doesn't ever feel good. So, to flip that around a little, what is the key to finding someone that you know you have that right working relationship with? Has there been any consistent factor among all the great individuals you've worked with? Uh, in the directing position, directing, really, I acting, mean, anything. acting very different because um, you don't get to choose your actors. I mean, rarely. You know, sometimes when you're doing theater, you can recommend someone, but you know, with actors, it's just there's chemistry or there isn't there's something or there isn't, and we expect that, you know. But we also expect that and know that we have to correct it and sell it on screen to make it look like there's chemistry there, you know. Um, And with directors, it's really just a question of do they speak a language that can change you on a dime? You know, it's just can they be precise enough to allow you to understand what they want? I mean, I've had directors that are like, okay, what I really need is more, you get me? And I'm like, nope, you're going to have to use words, (laughs) you know? Everybody speaks their own language, and the, the joy of what we do is we try to find a common language so we can make the same movie. Yeah, uh, I was in film school, and I don't think I really fully grasped that until they forced you to do a directing the actors class, and every mm-hmm. student had to be directed by another. I'm yes. like, oh, this is what it feels like, and this why, this is why for many people out there, it's nearly impossible. Right. We understand what we want, but to make it understood is a whole other thing. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your IMDb page, because I've gotten into the habit. I love going through the trivia, and they also have this trademark section, and there's only two, two trademarks there for you. Okay, because I don't read IMDb, <laughs> but I have questions so, for you about it. Oh, please. Okay. I ask away. I, I live okay. on the site. That and Box Office Mojo. Uh, frequently portrays women who endure despite great hardship or tra- tragedy, and then there's also muscular and toned arms. I think they are both accurate, and they are both winning qualities, but I'm curious if you could add a trademark about yourself to that list that's really really meaningful to you, what would it be? Ooh. Think on my feet. Um, I think that's even overstating my skills. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, my arms aren't the same. Um, really good sport. <laughs> okay. I think you also said it earlier. It's like you can never take the Linda Hamilton out of the Linda Hamilton. And anyone in right. this industry who could stand their ground like that should be here. I hope so. Because I've seen great actresses standing outside of a room getting ready to audition for a pilot. And they're standing against the wall going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I mean, that means someone has taken you out of yourself. Do you know what I mean? They want it so badly you have left yourself. Because it's amazing. You can see great actresses that are, because of an audition process and a screen test for a pilot, it just gets meaner and meaner with every passing year. You know, being a movie star means nothing, whatever. Now I'm so old, nobody knows who I am. But it's so interesting to watch other people that you think are like the total it girl right now and they're just like it's hard it's hard doing what we do yeah auditioning and winning the part oh i i really can't even begin to wrap my mind around it um i'm also curious to to see what you think about how just the like the typical role you were cast in and being typecast in in that kind of strong lead female hero how that's changed from back in your Terminator and T2 days to, you know, what we see nowadays, especially having worked with Mackenzie Davis, who you already know, I think, the world of. So, you know, that kind of character type. How have you seen that change from then to now? Well, I never would have seen myself as the strong action-adventure star until you were asked to do it once or twice, and you perform well. Like, never... And the first Terminator, I wasn't really... A, a badass. I mean, there's a moment of badassery um, when I'm on your feet, soldier, and, um, you know, so it had to grow from there. Second time, I knew where I had to go because it's been seven years and the character knows what's coming and she's the only person on earth that knows what's coming. So she's got to be sick and crazy. And she's, you know, John the Baptist, a, a voice in the wilderness trying to warn people. And so in that way, I knew I had to be a badass, a soldier. And I said to Jim, um, as he was, before he wrote it, I said, you got to make her crazy because anyone that's living with that all by herself is going to be fucking crazy. So, you know, that's all character work and acting work. I just, you know, I, I never really ever saw myself as the iconic action hero. Other people might assign it to me. Yeah. And they might go, oh, my God, your arms, or oh, my God, I went to the gym after that, or oh, my God. But, you know, it's just a job. And in terms of role model and iconic could, iconicity, iconicness, um, <laughs> it, was only, it was only after I finished this one that I really felt like, holy shit, I am a badass. I have so many follow-up questions. I'm going to ask one, and I guarantee you I forget the second two. So going back to what you were saying at the very beginning, never looking at yourself as the, the action hero like that. Mm-mm. When you first started out, did you have kind of a picture of where you would go in your career in your mind? Shakespearean actress. Huh. Stage. Because I studied at Strasbourg in New York, and we're all snobs, and you know, they you're going to be ruined if you go to L.A. because you just get lost and... Um, but I loved stage, and I think that would have been quite enough for me. But I was also young and kind of shy, which might be a little hard to imagine, because I really, it took me years to outgrow it. But I had agents who said, 
you're not going to make it on stage. You're too quiet. You're too shy. You belong on screen. And so they made me come to L.A. after training in New York. They're like, we think you belong on screen. And so they brought out a group of actresses to sort of start as their stable of young actors, you know, ingenues at the time. And, and now I could own the stage. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that that was... And I remember being in their office and being really shy. Yeah, you know, Pam Reed, do you know who she is? Pamela Reed would come in. We were contemporaries. We were both new at the agency. And she could just walk in there and entertain them and own the room and make them laugh. And I'd just be sitting there and, like, out in the hallway. You know, I mean, I just didn't know how to command a room. Now I can. <laughs> You definitely can. You can see it in all your work, and you can feel it here. Even though you said in five minutes I wasn't going to be happy here. It's not true, I am. Um, let's try to remember all these follow-up questions okay. I had. Actually, another one came to mind as you were explaining, Strasberg method acting. Yes. So I feel like there are so many different assumptions of what method acting is oh, out yes. there. I think it's different from actor to actor. So what does it mean to you, and do you still use those techniques today? Um, the last class that I ever had at Strasberg, and I was there mostly on for about four years, and the last thing that my best teacher said to me was, that was a really good scene. I get the feeling you're not using much method in your acting. Um, I took a lot from it. I mean, I do believe that it really, you know, I arrived as a very small town girl and it kind of just shredded everything that were the bad habits and the things that I thought I knew and just sort of built, rebuilt me, and it is an amazing uh, tool for a lot of people. It's not that I'm a disbeliever. Um, and I think there's part of me that just sort of automatically uses some of the method and the substitutions and things, but for me it was a little complex, you know, bring this exercise in, bring this exercise in, then work on your animal, then... and. It's amazingly effective for some people. For me, it was a little too... I'm, I'm already in my head enough. So I just ultimately was like, I think I'm just going to jump in and believe, you know? Wait, work on your animal? Oh, that's one of the exercises. Okay. That's one of the more complex animals that they... I mean, exercises that they okay. do. Where what, what is that exercise you now? I'm work, just curious. Um, study, and not imitate, because it's not imitation. You just... I mean, I worked on gorilla... I went and studied and studied, and it's the feeling, the movement. That, I mean, maybe whenever you need to be a beast mm. or, uh, you know, I mean, I can't really instruct you on how one would use it, but you get there and really, really, really work on all the parts, the physicality of the, you know, of the gorilla or whatever animal you choose. Oh, I love hearing about that kind of yeah. stuff. So you would choose a different animal, for instance, for a different part, if that's what... But along with that, you're working on room and smell and all these other things that you bring in. And I mean, it's, it's very complex, but I'm not that complex, it turns out. I'm intuitive, and I'm pretty brave. So I think maybe that made up for it. I think those are two excellent qualities to have. You also mentioned earlier in that other question that you didn't really believe you were an action hero until, was it this movie? Was it Dark Fate? No, I, 
never ever saw myself as an action hero, but I never felt like I was a real badass until this one. Okay, why this one? You know, I mean, people I say, you're such a badass, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you might as well buy into that as, as any stuff that people try to force feed you, you know? It's like, after Judgment Day, which is everybody thought I was not just a badass, but like I was so competent that I would be in a bar and on location somewhere in Virginia shooting pool and I would hear someone whisper, that can't be Sarah Connor, she'd shoot pool a lot better than that. Like, you know, people buying into this idea of, I am just the superior woman. (laughs) So you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so, you know, and I don't give myself titles or like, I don't need to say I'm a badass. I know who I am, you know. I'm a hard worker, and that's pretty good. I feel like that's uh, a subsection of badass, though. <laughs> Perhaps. But um, this one was just so hard. Physically, it was just, it was three times, at least, what the last film was. Just by the very nature of where films have gone and how big things have gotten. Um, so that the action was three times the amount the you know the physicality the emotional demands the mental demands um it was huge and hard scenes and we fight in the water we fight in the air we fight on land you know I read the script and I'm like huh I mean there were sequences that I'm like I I I, I don't get what I'm reading I mean this is the first time where I'm like what and what term mine and like there were so many moments that I couldn't link together because it was just so huge and um and that's the way it was every day. Is there any specific moment shooting this film that you said, I can't believe how stunt work is done today on Dark Fate compared to T2? Well, to the better and for, for the better and for the worse. How because, so? Because, well, there were more stunt women. I really got a little crazy trying to m- micromanage because, I mean, to every detail, like, she can't be the back of me because her wig needs cutting. Like, I'm not going to give one moment away that doesn't seem real. So, like, okay, you have to be on a wire here and go down this hill. And we could have Debbie do it because it's just the back of you. And I'm like, nope, Debbie needs her haircut. Like, you know, I'm like, I'll do it. And I didn't do it that well. But, you know what I mean? I just, you don't want that one second that's going to break the audience concentration. Or then there would be the stunt girl from Hungary that they'd hired. And that's a whole different school, old school of stunts where, uh, you know, and 
uh, the girl is doing good work, but it's real old school. So she's in a car accident and she's flinging herself around, selling it. And I'm like, no, 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 Sarah Connor does not thrash. <laughs> like, yes, you sell it, but you don't look like you're an out of control rag doll because this is Sarah Connor. Like, you know, it's so hard to not get in there. And it's not so much that I'm a control freak, but more like I just, I owe Sarah Connor the dignity. I don't want to disappoint her, you know. So this was the one film that I've done where I was kind of that person. Mm-hmm. I was protective of every moment. And I couldn't be there because it's a larger film and they're off in Spain doing little stuff. And, you know, I, it, just, it, it, was, it was really hard. What is it like jumping back into the character here? Do you automatically just fall back into step with her, or do you have to go back and I don't revisit Terminator I and T two because they're also such distinct chapters of her life? Yes, um, haven't looked back or thought about her, even seen the movies for so long. Um, essentially, I think though some part linger, lingers, but um, it's not just directly after. It's twenty seven years later, so. I might think I have an understanding of Sarah Connor, but Sarah Connor, 27 years later, what is her story, where has she been, and how has that changed her? So I had a lot of work to do to fill it in, just for my own process. Um, And I worked really hard to fill that in and so that whether you hear the story of where I've been, my character has been, it doesn't matter because you'll see it. You'll see how it's taken its toll on her. And um, and I went to my places of greatest, deepest sorrow and disappointment because that's where Sarah Connor lives. Oof. And it was a very long and hard and lonely place to be. And I don't mean that I live there. I mean, I don't mistake my life for Sarah's life, but... There was so much to get done, and it went on for so long. And she is a woman without a friend. And after a while, that does start to sort of etch itself onto you. Hmm. So, ugh, ouch. I, I, can under, I can understand that kind of mentality, especially mm-hmm. when you've, you've not only lived with a character in terms of playing her, but like, I can't even imagine how many people over there come up to you and say, like, Sarah Connor made a big difference in my life because mm-hmm. we didn't have many characters True. like her then. True. And I think, too, that when you go somewhere with a psyche, and I've worked long enough to learn to not let harm come to myself. I've watched it with other actresses where they don't know how to protect themselves from where they're going. And and it, it's hard to explain. I've seen women go hysterically blind during a scene because what they're doing is costing them so much and they're not able to reel it in or really call it a craft. So it's not a craft if you can't reel it back, if you can't reel it out and reel it in. But when you're playing a character like Sarah who is inflamed, inflamed with fury and rage and vengeance, and anger, and, sh- and purpose, and lost purpose. 
I don't think the psyche really knows the difference. If you're mm-hmm. giving yourself inflamed, you know, inflamed, well, what is the root of all illness? Is inflammation. Inflammation changes our cells. Inflammation is what makes us ill. And I think that, not that I was on the verge of anything, but, you know, I mean, I really have to sort of think, uh, you know, my body is still kind of inflamed. Bursitis, tendonitis, the itis. It's like because I spent a year and a half, or really a year getting ready, yeah, at least a year and a half being inflamed. And that is not my character, Linda Hamilton's character. I, I'm very chill. But when I was inflamed for so long, and I think yeah. it does, it kind of costs you something. So when you go home from a hard day of shooting, or maybe from the entire production, what do you do to kind of recenter yourself? What's like your go-to thing? Well, to not relax? home. Um, home, I'm on the couch eating pie, like any real person, <laughs> cherry pie, um, right? But cherry um, pie definitely <laughs> ticks a box. But during the um, during the filming, I basically because you, you work hard physically all day long, and I trained for a year. So I would come home and lie down because my body needed the rest because at my age, truly, rest is as important as building. You cannot build unless you rest. And so, you know, things have slipped backwards a little bit, you know, different information to get an, a, an approximation of the result. So I'd rest my body and read a book, um, I read 40 books on this film. Oh, my God. Because I got to rest my body and take my mind elsewhere. So I became this completely compulsive reader. Never at work, because that's a distraction, but I would just get home, and if I had two days off, it was pretty much two days in bed reading. So we like to end uh, these interviews with a couple rapid-fire questions, and that makes me want to ask you, because I did read that you're a voracious reader even beyond this experience. So what is the last book you read? Uh, Icelandic noir called I See You, I Saw You, I Know You. Uh, Yeah, you'll have to look that one up. I will. But I've sort of been trying to read Icelandic noir. Anything from Iceland, I'll take in a heartbeat. It's one of my favorite places I love the idea. Oh, great. I'm going to try to get there soon. What's the last book you recommended for somebody else? I guess that just... Gentleman in Moscow is great. And okay. which is a lovely, lovely book, and probably my favorite. I love Joe Abercrombie because I read, started to read sci-fi adventure, sci-fi fantasy. hadn't read it for thirty-five years, and I used to really read it. And then you know you leave it behind, and you know I'll read the Man Booker list and the short list and the long list and the Pulitzers, and then I'll mix in classics. And it's not that I don't read junk, but you know I read you know pretty pretty good junk, um, but. The three-body problem. It was an Obama pick. It's a Chinese author, so I'm not even going to try to say his name. Um, But it's a trilogy, and it is just the most... It's kind of a rough start, you know, cultural revolution in China, but it really doesn't stay there. And it becomes this just ah, amazing journey, tedious beyond words at times, so complex, so quantum physics... And your mind just has to expand to understand it, but probably one of the best payoffs I've ever read for all the work that I put into it. It was an excellent review. Yes. I need to put that on my list now. Three-body problem. Stick with it. Because everybody's like, I... And I'm like, I know. But so, so satisfying. 
and really multicultural, right? Because you're just learning that the Chinese do not think the way Westerners think. So even including that, you know, it just makes it really interesting. Do you have any pets? I do, but not enough. Oh, how many? <laughs> I have two. two. A small, small dog and a large dog. What are their names? Noodle and Turk. <laughs> That must be the best thing to go home to them. I have a little, I brought a little Turk with me because we were, he's a big Anatolian shepherd and he had a momentary lapse on Wednesday. We were very controlled roughhousing. I'm very, very controlled with him because he's a powerful animal. And he kind of had a lapse. And as I sat down, he knocked me back into a table and I have 10 staples in my head. What? And whiplash. So I've got, I'll, he's with me. I have 10 staples in my head. It was such a shock. I'm sorry that happened, but as someone but, who like holds their pets like at the highest level of my life, I would probably be in the same position <laughs> if I did that with my dogs. Thank you, Turk. Just uh, makes this world tour that much more interesting. <laughs> Halloween is right around the corner. Yeah. Do you have a costume planned? Not going to be home. Aww. We're we're traveling the world. Okay, okay. Not a bad way to celebrate, no, but that's and, still... My costume is usually anymore is more like a mask. Keep or it simple. Keep it simple. I mean, I used to go all out, but well, you know. Traveling during Halloween doesn't close the door to candy. So, what is the Halloween candy of choice? Um, Reese's peanut butter cups. You forever. said the right answer. Why is this not everybody's answer? I, I don't, don't understand. I don't know because they're very wrong. <laughs> they are wrong. I just. It will always satisfy me. Yes. I think I should get an endorsement fee for just having said that. This is a great transition because not only are Reese's Peanut Butter Cups very satisfying, but you know what? So always is Terminator satisfying. Dark Fate. Seriously, go see it, Linda. Thank you so much You're for your welcome. time today. All the best with the rest of the promotion Thank for this you. movie. Do not miss Terminator Dark Fate in theaters. Thank you so much for watching this edition of Collider's Ladies Night. Like and share this video, and we'll see you soon with more of them. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.